I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fit the Mission. Mayor London Breed has had many career-defining moments. Her early pandemic response earned her praise as a poised liberal leader, not just in San Francisco, but across the country. But public safety in the city has been a thornier issue for Breed. Last December, San Francisco residents saw a shift, a dramatic turn from the mayor. What I'm proposing today and what I will be proposing in the future will make a lot of people uncomfortable. And I don't care. San Francisco has had to contend with issues of crime, homelessness, drug addiction, and all of those problems collide in the Tenderloin, a neighborhood that's often used as an example of what's working and what's not working in the city. So Breed decided to do something about it. Standing in City Hall on December 14th, she declared, It's time that the reign of criminals who are destroying our city, it is time for it to come to an end. And it comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policies, and less tolerant of all the bullshit that has destroyed our city. She'd been a leader who had diverted law enforcement funds toward Black community organizations. Now she had taken on a new tone. That same day, she reiterated her point at a community event. And we are going to make people who are dealing drugs, who are using drugs out in the open with no regard for the community, people who are assaulting and spitting on and stabbing and shooting and destroying this community, we are going to make life hell for them. And just days after that, Bree declared a state of emergency in the Tenderloin. Critics feared that Breed's aggressive promise to crack down on issues in the Tenderloin with more policing would mean criminalizing drug users. Now, four months later, Breed is defending her position. In a conversation with Chronicle reporter Mallory Mensch, she shares why. Today on Fit the Mission, Mallory joins me to talk about her in-depth interview with Breed at City Hall. She'll also help us understand what has happened in the four months since the mayor made those big promises. What did that emergency declaration actually do? Did it make substantive changes or was it political theater? Mallory, thanks for being here. Remind us what Mayor Breed's intention was when she made that emergency declaration. What did it actually do? Well, in this case, the emergency declaration, she declared a local emergency, and this suspends some local laws or processes, and it also allows her to marshal resources and put everything she has in the city at this crisis. In this case, she was responding to the overdose death crisis, which has skyrocketed in San Francisco over the last few years, the last two in particular during the pandemic, killing more than 1,300 people in the city, and nearly a quarter of those deaths were in the Tenderloin. And so she was responding to that. She was also responding to a lot of pressure and concerns from people who live in the Tenderloin. There's a lot of families and immigrants, people who are low income, also people who are disabled, who were saying that the situation there on the streets with drug dealing and open air drug use and some violent crime. So that's mainly what she was responding to. Uh, It also came within a time when San Francisco was facing a lot of flack about crime and a lot of viral incidents. I'm sure everyone has seen of the looting in Union Square and shoplifting. So she also made a lot of statements um, at the same time about tackling crime citywide. 
So Mayor Breed takes this strong position, and now it's been four months since that emergency declaration was made. Give us a progress report. What's changed in that neighborhood since the declaration was made? The declaration itself lasted for three months, so it expired. And what it allowed the mayor to do was set up what they're calling a linkage center, which is a drop-in center in UN Plaza where people can come and get basic services, food, showers, that kind of thing. My plan was to move swiftly to try and set up this linkage center to add more police officers, to increase the number of ambassadors, and to really start to meet people where they are and deal with the challenges of what were happening in the Tenderloin. But the sad reality, before we had the ability to declare the state of emergency, we weren't going to be able to move as fast as we did. So it did allow her to open that pretty quickly, and that is still ongoing. As of now, it's till June, but they did say that they would like to extend that until at least the end of the year. The city also did hire more than 200 behavioral health workers. They were able to streamline that process so that they could get a lot of these people and fill vacant positions. A lot of people moved into shelter or housing, more than 600 people. But all that being said, the streets and people who live there say it doesn't look that much different, especially when it comes to drug dealing and drug use. The city did not add more police officers in the Tenderloin until the emergency actually ended. So that was about a month ago. And they added about 10 more officers a day. But the problems still persist when it comes to drug dealers on the corners and people using openly. And even though the linkage center was opened and the goal there is to get a lot of people into treatment and into long-term services so that they wouldn't continue to be struggling on the streets, not many people have gotten into those long-term services. There's been a lot of visits, but only about 34 people from the linkage center have been able to get into mental health treatment or otherwise. And about the same amount of people were able to get into mental health and substance use treatment from outreach on the streets. And that outreach continues, and they're hopeful that more people would be able to get long-term help from that. So kind of uneven progress there. How does Mayor Breed evaluate if she was going to give herself maybe a letter grade on how management of the Tenderloin is going? What do you think she would say? I think she would probably push back and say, it's the school year's not over. It's too soon to give myself a, a report card. This is a new thing that we are trying with the whole purpose of making sure that people know that there's a system set up to try and get people into help and treatment. And it takes time and it takes building trust and building a relationship. She also says this is a part of a longer term effort. We're just getting going. These problems have existed since before I was born, so they're not going to disappear overnight. So she is resistant uh, somewhat to the criticism of what kind of results have you shown within four months? Well, you don't live there. The people who live there are the ones who know whether or not something is making the difference. The people who actually work there and spend every single day because they have no choice, those are the people who actually need to be consulted because they see and feel a difference in comparison to how bad it was before. And one of the main critiques of the way that she came out so strongly was the prospect of arresting drug users. People accused her of criminalizing addiction. How does she respond to that now? She stands by it, and she is 
somewhat careful and to say that the main goal is to offer people services. It's to have social workers out there to try to get people the help that they need. They're always going to offer first. But she also is clearly frustrated that if a lot of resources are being spent and all this effort is being put out there, people might not be pursuing those options. And she says we cannot continue to still tolerate the behavior on the streets. I meant everything that I said. And when we talk about alternative could be jail, what we're talking about is when people break the law in possession of drugs, selling drugs, you know, those kinds of crime, those are crimes. We need to use every tool within our disposal to get that person into treatment or into an environment that's going to lead to change and not just leave people on the streets in the ways that we have in the past. More with Mallory Mensch after a quick break. She'll discuss what the police are actually doing in the Tenderloin these days. We'll also hear what Mayor Breed had to say when Mallory asked her about District Attorney Chesa Boudin and the job he's doing in the city. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Mallory, in your conversation with San Francisco Mayor Lennon Breed, you pointed out that despite her assertion that there should and will be more policing in the Tenderloin, that largely hasn't happened. Did she explain why? She gave a few reasons for that, one being that there was a surge, the Omicron surge for the pandemic. So we had a number of police officers and city employees in general out, so we weren't able to move on our plans as quickly as we had wanted to. Um, But we are now starting to see increase in law enforcement, increase in ambassadors and other services and cleaning and stuff in the tenderloin. And my hope is that over time we'll see a significant difference. She also contends that the police are understaffed. So she says we don't have enough resources. She didn't really respond directly when I asked, well, we know about that, but why have the officers who are already on the street largely not been enforcing the law? She said they have their hands full with drug dealing and with violent crime, and our goal still is to have people first be offered services, and then if we need enforcement, we'll step in. And I'll add that even though drug arrests in general have remained pretty flat, it's they kind of fluctuate over time. So they did increase during the three months of the emergency compared to the three months prior. But when you look back at last year, there were actually fewer drug-related arrests. But some of the data that we have from the first half of the emergency does show that misdemeanor citations for simple drug possession, those have increased mm-hmm. somewhat. They're still a small number. They were five last year, and now they're 12 this year. So that's not to say that police have not been doing this at all, but it does not seem to be a a large change in how the police are focusing their priorities. And people say it doesn't really show the change on the streets uh, that everyone who is using drugs is being cited or arrested. And what did Breed say is the main responsibility of the police in the Tenderloin at the moment? She said that they have their hands full with drug dealing, with violent crime, some shootings or stabbings, and also seizing drugs off the street. They definitely have increased the amount of fentanyl, which is seized. Fentanyl is a very powerful opioid that has been a factor in a lot of the overdose deaths. And that 
could also be the result of citations of people who are cited for drug possession. What usually happens there is that someone will be cited. It's like a traffic ticket where you're told to show up for court for this misdemeanor, and then their drugs will be taken. But I think where the disconnect is is that someone might not show up for court. If they don't, they could be arrested on a warrant, but the district attorney would also have to charge that. So while those citations that I mentioned, they may get the drugs off the street, they don't necessarily get that person into treatment or, or in essence, mm-hmm. change the fact that people could still be using drugs in the same place. Mm-hmm. Do you think we have a clear idea of what her philosophy is when dealing with drug addiction? I mean, she has obviously made a case for more policing, but she also likes to highlight the linkage center, which is sort of this beacon of harm reduction in the city. What is her philosophy? Is it balancing the two? Does it lean one way or the other? I think she definitely presents it as balancing the two. I think her critics would say she's gone more in the other direction of we've offered enough services, now we need accountability and we need to bring in the police. But in general, and what she has reiterated over time, is that she believes that policing is necessary to keep people safe and to enforce the laws. But we also need social services. We also need interventions to prevent these crimes from happening. We also need police reform, so we're addressing racial violence biases. So she likes to say, as she said recently in our interview. So we have to strike a balance. We don't have to choose one or the other. Both can happen at the same time. And we have been working hard to get to a better place with law enforcement. And ultimately, we want every single person in this city to feel safe. Part of that is definitely law enforcement. But the other part of that is making sure we invest in alternatives to ensure that people never get to those points in the first place. And she has also been a proponent of conservatorship, which is court-mandated treatment for people who are deemed too sick to care for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think, in in essence, this push towards police is along those lines, saying people need help. We can't tolerate this behavior. We want to offer them services, but sometimes we also need to push them towards those. So, Mallory, as we're talking about crime and public safety Naturally, I want to bring up District Attorney Chesa Boudin, who's up for a recall. Let's hear what Mayor Breed had to say about the job he's doing. I'm not going to get into an opinion one way or another. My goal is to work with the district attorney. I do want to see more from him, and I do want to see more from the courts. And I don't want to be put in a political football of back and forth when the fact is, at the end of the day, as leaders of this city, we have a responsibility to protect the public and to make sure people are safe. I'll also add that she was in City Hall at the time. So according to city laws, she can't comment on elections while on city time. So I knew that she Mm. wasn't going to come out in depth on that. But she told me that she does not have a position on his recall. But she definitely said that she wants to see more from him in terms of holding people who are suspected or accused of violent crimes and drug dealing, especially if they've been arrested multiple times, to hold them accountable. And the district attorney's office did respond to this and they pushed back and said that they had charged a higher rate of cases presented, narcotics cases, drug cases, for people who had a prior arrest than the past four years. But the office also has sent more people to diversion or to alternatives, especially for lower level drug offenses. So I think there is a disconnect there that the mayor feels like the police can only do so much. And then it's up to the district 
attorney. I'll also add it's up to judges who were were not involved in this conversation, but they can often decide uh, whether someone is released before their trial. They can also decide uh, whether to send someone to an alternative. She said she wanted the judges and the courts to make better decisions about when maybe releasing someone or diverting someone would not have the best outcome. There's been so much said about all of this, the tenderloin, the emergency declaration, and all the criticism. But, you know, any San Francisco resident looking at this could look at this and think, this is all kind of like political theater, right? The tenderloin gets the national spotlight. It becomes fodder for conservative media and other critics. Breed has to respond to that. She's also seeking a re-election. So, Mallory, what's your sense of all of this? Has this actually made real change or are we still waiting to see? I think we're still waiting to see, but I think that doesn't negate that some people, especially who live in the Tenderloin, are are frustrated and feel like, was this all talk and did nothing happen? Mm -hmm. Or what are we doing differently to really address these problems? We do have some new interventions. The the Linkage Center is open and it's promising, but it's not clear what the city is going to do to try to improve the numbers to get more people into long-term help and to create that long-term change. So I think the verdict's still out, but there is definitely some discontentment and also some critics who say that what Reed promised, especially in terms of enforcement against drug users or making a big difference in the tenderloin, has not necessarily happened yet. Well, Mallory, thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you. Mallory Mensch is a San Francisco City Hall reporter. Her story about the outcomes of Breed's tough love response in the Tenderloin is online at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Thanks to Karen Creighton for editing this episode and to you for listening.